0: Purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the program. In this episode, we're going to pick up where we left off in our last episode talking about the Los Chapitos and how they built a fentanyl empire. This article was authored by Drazen Yorgic, and it was published by Reuters. U.S.-Mexico security ties have frayed. AMLO called the recent U.S. indictments against the four younger Guzmans abusive, arrogant interference that should not be accepted under any circumstances. The Mexican leader said the case was built by DEA agents operating in Mexico, which he has deemed a violation of sovereignty. So AMLO's kind of stepping in it here and cutting off his nose to spite his face. I am not a fan of the DEA by any stretch of the imagination. But, when we're talking about what they do down in Mexico, considering what the rules are for the war on drugs as it is, they're playing a crucial role. And without their help down in Mexico, there's no way that the Mexican security forces are going to be able to root out groups like the Los Chapitos. It's going to be impossible. While he has not booted the agency from the country, DEA operations have been hobbled on his watch. Mexico, in 2021, disbanded an elite police unit that worked closely with the DEA for a quarter of a century, amended a national security law to make it harder for foreign agents to operate inside Mexico, and slow-walked visa approvals for DEA agents, CNN reported. We talked about this at the time, and again, it's a bad idea. It's only going to make things much more difficult as far as keeping an eye and tabs on what these dudes are doing In these cartels, those measures were widely viewed as retaliation for the 2020 arrests of former Mexican Defense Minister Salvador Cienfuegos in Los Angeles on drug trafficking charges, a move that angered AMLO. U.S. prosecutors later dropped the charges, pointing to sensitive foreign policy considerations. Not that he's innocent, not that he didn't do it, but we want to make sure things are smooth. Do you think you or I would ever get that kind of soft walk from the United States government if we were selling narcotics or involved with selling narcotics? So why would you drop these charges? The Justice Department declined to comment. The DEA did not respond to a request for comment. Rafael Heredia Rubio, a lawyer representing Cienfuegos, said he was not authorized to comment. Cienfuegos' attorneys previously had denied that he was involved in in drug trafficking, Ferraris and pet tigers. Born into one of Mexico's most storied outlaw families, Guzman's five sons, Edgar, Ivan, Jesus Alfredo, Joaquin Jr., and Ovidio, grew up in luxury once unimaginable to their father, a semi-literate farm worker from Sinaloa's mountains before becoming the head of a drug empire. El Chapo, fathered more than a dozen children, according to local media, not not all of whom are reputed to be involved in drug trafficking. Minor social media celebrities, they flaunted their pet tigers, Ferraris, and golden AK-47s on Instagram and Twitter. Those accounts were never verified by those platforms, but a social media analyst familiar with cartel communications and two security sources told Reuters they believed the accounts were authentic. They were authentic, 100%, these accounts were real. Cartel members, far and wide, love to use social media to flex. They love to be on there, showing off their guns, their cars, this, that, the other thing. Early on, the general perception was that the Los Chapitos were spoiled brats, said Mike Vigil, former head of DEA's International Operations. After El Chapo's escape from a maximum security prison in 2001, reportedly in a laundry trolley, the brothers took a hands-on approach to the family business, security sources said. Edgar blazed a trail for his brothers by building his own contacts and doing his own deals, the sources said, but he was killed in 2008 in Culiacan, In a hail of bullets amid infighting between warring factions of the Sinaloa cartel. His four surviving brothers filled the void, according to U.S. and Mexican security sources. Starting in 2009 with Jesus Alfredo, the brothers all have been indicted by U.S. authorities multiple times for alleged offenses, including money laundering, possession of machine guns, and trafficking of fentanyl, heroin, and cocaine. The U.S. State Department in 2021 put $5 million bounties on their heads. A figure recently doubled for Ivan and Jesus Alfredo, while the DEA set up Chapito's tips at DEA.gov to encourage snitches to rat them out. Boy, you gotta have some set of huevos, huh? Snitch out the cartel? You gotta be really up against it to even think about doing something like that. The agency in April placed Ivan on the list of its 10 most wanted fugitives, joining Jesus Alfredo and Ismael El Mayo Zambada, a Sinaloa cartel legend, and El Chapo's alleged former business partner. Washington has taken note of Los Chapitos and their business flair. The State Department, in its 2021 bounty notices, said Ovidio and Joaquin Jr. began smuggling chemicals from Argentina in 2008 to launch experiments in Mexico on how to produce methamphetamine. As they built their own crew, the brothers purportedly discarded the shibboleth that Sinaloa kingpins should only sell drugs to foreigners. Los Chapitos placed pushers on street corners in Culiacan, according to cartel members and Mexican media reports. But I thought that AMLO said there's not a drug problem inside of Mexico. I thought that that was only an American problem or could it be that AMLO is lying? In what would prove to be another consequential move, a video in 2014 began to tinker with manufacturing fentanyl in Mexico, according to one indictment unsealed last month. That same year, the brothers faced another major test. Their father was nabbed again, this time by Mexican Marines working with the DEA. The sons helped El Chapo staged yet another audacious escape in July 2015 by organizing the construction of a mile-long tunnel to his Mexican prison cell, according to testimony that would emerge later at the Elder Guzman's 2019 drug trafficking trial in New York. Following the tunnel caper, Mexican authorities recaptured El Chapo in January 2016. He tapped his sons to head his portion of the trafficking empire triggering a power struggle with Lopez, who had run the business during the boss's previous incarceration, according to 2017 Mexican military intelligence documents viewed by Reuters. Los Chapitos and their posse squeezed Lopez's crew by crimping his finances. Near a Sinaloan dam where both groups filched water to feed their clandestine drug labs, the brothers cut off Lopez's access to his critical resource, crippling his manufacturing capability while keeping the taps open for themselves, according to three serving Mexican Marines who spoke with Reuters. And we've talked about how Sinaloa cartel and cartels in general use water in Mexico as not only a commodity, but as a tool to keep people in line. And if you control a resource like water in a drought-stricken area, you're going to have a lot of power. Los Chapitos had an advantage as they kept the production of drugs. They had money to pay sicarios by arms, said one of the men who worked with the elite Navy unit that helped capture El Chapo in 2016. The feud escalated into an all-out war following Guzman's 2017 extradition to the United States. El Chapo's sons targeted the 13 Sinaloan police officers for execution, because they were on Lopez's payroll, according to prosecutors and former cops in Sinaloa, as well as military officials and intelligence documents reviewed by Reuters. Police in Sinaloa did not respond to the claims that the targeted officers were in league with Lopez. They were, that's how it goes. When you're offered all that money by the cartel and you're only making, well, I don't know, $200 American a month. It's not a very difficult decision. One of the U.S. indictments unsealed last month details other grisly violence allegedly meted out by the Los Chapitos. Their henchmen allegedly kidnapped two officials from the federal attorney general's office in early 2017, torturing one by inserting a corkscrew into his muscles, ripping it out, then placing hot chilies into his open wounds and nose. Sounds like a fantastic day at the office, huh? Yvonne finished off the victims with gunshots with Jesus Alfredo pitching in to shoot one in the face, according to the indictment, which said the two brothers also killed some of their enemies by feeding them alive to pet tigers they kept at their ranches. The brothers, in their public letter, denied killing or torturing the officials or feeding people to tigers. A tiger may kill a person, but eat him? We do not have, nor do we have tigers, the letter stated. Which is obviously a lie. We've all seen the pictures of the tigers and them flaunting the tigers in those pictures. Los Chapitos prevailed in their struggle with Lopez, who was arrested in Mexico City in 2017 by the Mexican military and subsequently extradited to the United States. A star prosecution witness in El Chapo's trial in 2019, Lopez got his own life sentence for drug trafficking reduced. In 2021, His name disappeared from the Federal Bureau of Prisons Public Registry of Inmates, fueling media speculation that he entered witness protection. Lopez, through his lawyer, declined to comment. On their turf in Culiacon, meanwhile, the brothers quickly solidified their grip on the local drug market, a local trafficker told Reuters. Jesus, an independent operator in Culiacon who ships fentanyl and heroin to the United States with the help of the syndicate, said gunmen working for the Los Chapitos, told street dealers they had to purchase product from their cartel faction exclusively and pay protection money. He said several friends and family members who were slow to comply were kidnapped and beaten. Los Chapitos made it clear that the market now belongs to them, Jesus said. And that sort of thing is very, very common when we're talking about drugs. You'll have a big-time player move into an area and all of the little drug dealers and medium dealers who were copping their bag from somebody else, they're going to have to get on the package of the new player in town, whoever just moved into the neighborhood. And if you don't get on their package, you're going to get clipped. You're going to get dealt with. Showing who's boss. On December 1st, 2018, Lopez Obrador took office after winning Mexico's presidency in a landslide. Within months, Members of UNOPs, the Navy's elite special forces unit that had pursued El Chapo and other traffickers, were ordered by superiors to leave Sinaloa and shut down their temporary bases there, according to three Marines and three ex-DEA officials. And AMLO will tell you that has to do with Mexico wanting their sovereignty to be respected. But there's people out there that will say AMLO and his administration are in bed with the Sinaloa cartel and that's why they're doing what they're doing. And I think it's probably a little bit of both. Now, do I think AMLO is directly on the payroll of a cartel? Probably not. But I do think that people around him are certainly wetting their beak. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Haya. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. In October 2019 came the Mexican Army's first capture of a video Guzman in Culiacan. Recalling that day, two Sinaloa cartel members told Reuters that within minutes, encrypted radios carried by fellow gunmen began to buzz with the news. The boss has fallen. The boss is fallen. Hundreds of gang fighters, armed with military-grade weapons, rushed to the scene firing on government troops and barricading key city streets to trap them. They also kidnapped eight soldiers and surrounded military housing where wives and children of Mexican soldiers lived, Mexican officials said. Now imagine somebody trying that in America, going to say, oh, I don't know, Nellis Air Force Base and saying we're going to surround this place until you let so-and-so go. How long do you think it would take before a few Black Hawk helicopters and a few Apaches were launched to take care of that problem? See, down in Mexico, it's not the same. The military is hard-pressed to deal with these cartels. With the pop-pop-pop of gunfire echoing in the background, encircled Mexican troops put Ovidio on the phone with his brother Ivan in an attempt to get Los Chapitos to call off their gunmen. Tell them to stand down. I don't want chaos, Ovidio said in video footage released by Mexico's government. Hell no, we are coming to rescue you, Ivan responded, according to Sinaloa newspaper Rio Doce. Hours later, with Culiacan resembling a war zone and scenes of pandemonium being broadcast across the globe, AMLO ordered the army to free Ovidio. The day of terror shocked Sinaloans, whose relationship with the cartel is complex. El Chapo had the reputation of being ruthless to those who crossed him, but locals say he provided jobs, handouts, and security by punishing hoodlums preying on poor communities there's no doubt that the older bosses were different. They weren't good people, but they were different, and there was a level to this game, and the extreme violence was only meted out when absolutely necessary, because it's all about business, right? And if you're dropping bodies everywhere, makes it hard to collect the bag. But things are a lot different now, and these new, younger narcos they don't respect shit. It was the first time we saw the Sinaloa cartel Use their armed power to generate chaos and fear to try and achieve their goals, said Adrian Lopez, publisher of the Sinaloan Noreste newspaper. For the brothers, it was a turning point. Mexico's military and its president had bowed to them in front of the entire world. It showed who was in power, a cartel member said. There's no doubt that the Sinaloa cartel was emboldened by this, and they remain emboldened by it. Still, they set out to burnish their public image. One such charm offensive took place in December 2020 in San Diego, a village about 60 kilometers south of Culiacan that is home to several high-ranking cartel sicarios, a resident told Reuters. There, Los Chapitos staged a music concert and raffle whose prizes included new cars, washing machines, and refrigerators, all bearing stickers emblazoned with el chapo's initials jgl for joaquin guzman lorea that person and two other locals said a fourth declined to answer questions saying i don't want them to disappear me during the covid 19 lockdowns the brothers doled out food parcels and built an outdoor school in rural sinaloa and they have maintained the tradition of punishing common hoodlums sinaloan residents and cartel members said and back in the day When the mafia was running things in America, the safest neighborhoods in the whole ass country were mafia-ran neighborhoods. You really think you were going into a Gambino neighborhood and robbing somebody? Zero chance. Not if you wanted to stay alive. And you saw the same thing down here in Mexico with the cartels for a very, very long time. And while some of that tradition still remains, it's certainly not at the forefront of the mind of these new, younger narcos. It's all about money, money, power and the consolidation of both. Taking control, but like their father, Los Chapitos, are at heart violent businessmen with a drive for manufacturing and moving drugs, security officials said. A gang soldier calling himself Juero, a silver pistol tucked into his waistband, last year gave Reuters a tour of a cartel safe house on the edge of Culiacan. There, two young men in white surgical gloves sat at a brown lacquer table, carefully stuffing white powder into transparent capsules. Methamphetamine samples for a new client looking to ship in bulk to the United States, Juero said. As fentanyl and meth production have soared, U.S. seizures have likewise skyrocketed. Interdictions of fentanyl alone on the U.S.-Mexico border hit 14,104 pounds in the fiscal year ending September thirtieth, 2022, up more than 400 percent since 2019, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection data. And if that much has been caught, how much has gotten through? Inside Mexico, meanwhile, the Army had a grudge to settle. In early January of this year, the Army told AMLO it planned to mount a top-secret operation to recapture Ovidio according to a then-senior government official with direct knowledge of the events. The president approved the mission, but was not informed of the date and time, the source said. Mexico's army and the presidency did not respond to requests for comment about the official's account, and they probably didn't want to tell him because of leaks. They didn't want any of the corrupt officials around AMLO letting the cartel know that this was going down. As hundreds of soldiers encircled a video's rural Sinaloan compound in the pre-dawn assault, a helicopter strafed targets from the air. Video of the incident showed cartel gunmen went on a rampage again, setting fire to cars, blocking roads, and forcing Culiacan's airport to shut by shooting at passenger jets. The violence left 29 people dead, including 10 armed forces personnel, but the Sicarios were too late. A military chopper had already whisked video out of Sinaloa. Despite that blow to the Sinaloa cartel, fentanyl keeps flowing north. In February and March, U.S. border agents seized a combined 5,130 pounds of fentanyl in the two biggest monthly hauls ever. And the sad truth is, no matter how much of this stuff we stop at the border, a ton of it is going to get through and hit the streets. And while I certainly think it's a good idea, to have border interdiction set up. I also think it would be a good idea to start putting some fundage towards rehabilitating the people that are addicted to this poison in our streets, because until we deal with that problem, we will never make an inch of headway in the so-called war on drugs. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this one. All of the information that goes with the episode can be found in the description box.